Attention, everyone. Uh, welcome to Kaiju Cast Commentaries. I don't really have a more clever way of, of announcing it than that. This is our very first one. We're going to be watching the Sony version of Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidra, Giant Monsters All Out Attack. And joining me in the studio, in the screening room here, are uh, my very first guest ever, Mr. Martin Vavra. Hey, hey, how's it going? And uh, Jeff Dean, co-host extraordinaire and uh, also co-host of the Horror Holocaust radio podcast. Hello. And um, yeah, this is a this is a good time to say exactly what we're going to do. We're just going to you know sort of talk about the stuff we know about this movie, things we like, things we don't like. Uh, it's not going to be a big love fest. We're not going to sit here and talk about how it's the best movie in the Godzilla series, even though it might be. And um, we're just going to po- you know if there's a flaw, we're going to point that out. If there's something awesome, we're going to point that out. Uh, I'm going to drop some knowledge that I might have. Uh, Jeff and Martin are going to do their part as well. We're going to probably make fun of a little bit of it too. And um, we have started the movie. Uh, like I said, we're watching the Sony version. And we are basically going to uh, hit play because we've already pressed pause right at the end of the TriStar logo. So if you're, if you're watching along with us, let that TriStar logo play and then hit pause. And then we're going to start this going. I'm going to hit play on my player right now. Godzilla Mother King Ghidra was... I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) The old familiar Toho Company Limited logo. Always good to see. This one's a new one for the Millennium Series. This sort of like bubbly looking thing. Uh, And actually something I want to start start off with this is uh this very first speech that i'm you know fully speaking over here from tachibana uh is very important as to setting the stage for the film um i actually didn't pay too much attention to this speech like the first three times i watched it and i didn't really understand like what why it was so important that the military had the the you know the sort of uh, what am I saying here? I, how, why the military actually had like its own personal agenda as far as like how it treated Godzilla, and uh, but this is basically setting the stage for this Godzilla universe too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I enjoyed this setup because right from the get go, you know exactly. I mean, they set up the story perfectly. Yeah, all you need to know is in this first little scene here, and I also really like this little mention. Of the American Godzilla from yeah. 1998. <laughs> yeah, that got a pretty big laugh when I saw it in the theater the first time. Um, and uh, the General Tachibana here is played by Ryudo Uzaki, who is actually, um, he's sort of like a jack-of-all-trades as far as the entertainment industry goes in Japan. I've never seen him in anything personally, but I've read that not only is he an actor and a director and a composer, he's also, I think, a singer? He's a musician of some sort. Uh, and, yeah, so now we're... Uh, we're seeing them talk about this this uh, missing sub that's gone missing an American sub that's a uh, that's that's a nuclear sub that's sort of lost its way or you know not re- reported in and um, from what I've read uh, this is actually a reference to earlier the in the year this was made this was a reference to um, this uh, Japanese fishing boat accidentally getting shot by an American nuclear sub oh I remember that yeah. Um, 
Now this is um this is this is something of note here. This sub is called the Satsuma, which um they there it is right there, deep sub Satsuma. Uh and uh this is one of the cooler things about the the Godzilla series and the Millennium series is they did actually start making new mecha, new uh weapons to to show and the satsuma is pretty much one of the only two things in this film that that was developed as a countermeasure for godzilla in the film the other one is that you'll see later a drill rocket which are very ineffective no but they were they were very cool and the the first time i watched this with the satsuma um i actually took note of the interior how it was all built and how it was all done it's it's really well done there you know it's uh, understandably, it's 2001, so they're trying to shoot for a, an audience that's going to be pretty critical of that kind of thing. But it, it's very well done. I would have thought that they were really inside of some kind of a, an already built and used bathosphere. Yeah. And they just used it for the interior shots. Yeah, they look pretty cool. I've got a little toy of it. And here's the blurry Godzilla fin. And the music for this for this movie is amazing, Is too. that what that... I thought that was the uh, the Russian mammoth. No. No, it is, okay. is, is a... I, well... It's Godzilla. <laughs> and this is where the um, oh, the actor whose name I've forgotten here uh, introduces the, the credits. I think it's a great title sequence. The You know, most of the title sequences in, in the Millennium series are pretty amazing. They're really very impactful. And uh, this one's no exception. You guys know about the background for, for these shots where it's like the static shot of a very close-up view of the suit? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they first did that. Um, in the original Ghidra the Three-Headed Monster movie from 1964, I want to say. It could be 65. But anyway, these are showing all the close-ups of the monsters. I was going to say, it's Baragon's belly. Baragon's belly. I just want to <laughs> scratch it. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, uh, and the, this is this is like the first shot you see in, in the original uh, is the, the shot of King Ghidra's spa, uh, scales. Oh, here we go. The BS Digital Q team, uh, headed by Yuri-chan, who is in front of the camera. Very beautiful, beautiful gal, in my opinion. Uh, and she is played by Chihura... No, that's wrong. Chiharu Niyama. And uh, from what I understand, she was, this is like one of the first things she ever really did. Uh, she's, an, um, she's like an idol in 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 japan it's like a pop star essentially i could i could get behind that yeah yeah oh and so the old town leader here uh godzilla fans will recognize the guy on the right hand side as being koichi koichi ueda and he's basically been in every single godzilla film since uh i think godzilla versus biolante he's had like a bit part in every single role oh okay every single film it's good to see him and he continues until, you know, through Godzilla Final Wars, I think. And here's, uh, you know, where Yuri-chan references the uh, Blair Witch Project, essentially. Yes. <laughs> so one of the things that I, I had, had looked up in here when I was watching all this was the director, mm-hmm. uh, Shusuke Kaneko, is that right? Uh, Shusuke Kaneko, yes. Shusuke, so very prolific. Lots and lots and lots of stuff. Not just the the Gamera trilogy before this, but uh, yeah, still still making movies up until last year. Yeah, you know, funny story about him. I interviewed him when I was in Japan. 
and uh, I'm not kidding, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a big fan of those movies. And uh, he really wanted to direct a Godzilla film, but all he had done were some pink films and um, and some low budget horror films before he did the Gamera series. And in 1992, uh, when they were talking about doing Godzilla versus Mothra for the Heisei uh, films, he actually was really trying to be the director of, of that film because he really, really, really wanted to be uh, directed Godzilla film. And uh, I just talked right over the introduction of uh, the crazy old man. The prophet. What what crazy old man? I don't see one. <laughs> He's gone now. Where did he go? Uh, who's played by Hideo uh, Amamoto, and uh, he has been in a ton of Godzilla films, or a lot of Godzilla films, I should say. He was in Ghidra, the Three-Headed Monster. He was in uh, one of my favorites, King Kong Escapes, where he plays a, a bad guy named Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And um, so I I have to say that uh, my girlfriend, she, she doesn't think that Japanese movies are scary. And so when... Um, <laughs> Uh, I was like, what are you talking about? What about The Grudge? What about, uh, you know, the original Ring? She was like, no, Japanese people just aren't scary. We were watching this movie the other day, and she goes, so that's a Japanese motorcycle gang? Yeah, I rest my case. (laughs) 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 But they're hoodlums, you guys. They're hoodlums. They're in mechanic jumpsuits. They're not even wearing leather. And you just saw the very first uh, little stone... Statue get destroyed. Yep. Beheading the idol. Which is, uh, you know, kind of prophesizes their doom. And these guys are jerks, man. Martin, you used to ride a motorcycle. You would never do this, right? I, I actually did this quite a bit, and I did it in <laughs> mechanic jumpsuits in similar way. I had a flag. Uh, lab coats. But, yeah, lab coats, exactly. too. <laughs> we, we were called the Beaker's Dozen. I love the this. Beaker's Dozen. <laughs> 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 I love this scene uh, because this is this is where you get the very first kind of uh, digital special effects that uh, Kaneko's Gamera trilogy is is really famous for. It's like the the building destruction, like all these rocks coming down, like really looks great in my opinion. It does. And then uh, you know the camera shake, everything everything in this scene and the music building up and getting to see like just glimpses of Baragon where he kind of like turns and looks at this dude and like wails. There he goes. He's adorable, you guys. He's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) Japanese guys do like to scream every once in a while. They do. (laughs) Oh, I want to say something about that boss here, the the digital cue. You can see him smoking in this scene. This is, uh, just take note of it. He's smoking in the office. And, you know, that's something we don't do here, obviously. This is 2001. And, uh... 1954, Japan. Dateline, 2001. (laughs) People still smoke in offices. Uh, But yeah, he's smoking in here, and this is actually part of his character development. This guy here gets a a little bit of uh, comic relief. And um, supposedly, he's a real big Godzilla fan as well. Mm. According to what I've read. His hairstyle must have been influenced by Hanson, I assume, right? He just came from the concert. (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's not a wig, you guys. I'm just gonna go away. Um, this is, uh, and this is, this is the introduction of that spinning, not spinning, the drilling missile that I was talking about. Unfortunately, this, um, is represented with CG effects. And, uh, and also, unfortunately, the CG effects in this movie just aren't really up to par. And this is, you know, this, this movie, I think, featured the most CG effects for any Godzilla film up to this point. Uh, probably. 
Probably. And I, I I do have to say that they did better than any other Godzilla film up to this point. It's just uh, they're sort of like hit and miss. Some of them are great. Some of them are not. And uh, I think when I saw this in the film, I'm when I saw this on video, I did not see this in the, in the theater at first, uh, it was pretty obvious that it was CGI, but it still looked better than anything that had come about uh, the other films. Yeah. You know, smoke, stuff flying off, particle effects, right, dude? Yeah, they probably used, uh, yeah, Particle Illusion 3. <laughs> you can use that on a PC. <clears throat> Here's <clears throat> this guy on the left here, uh, the concerned townsman, I guess. Uh, he seems he seems like one of the, I was, I was talking about this earlier, like he's got a tiny little bit of comedy in there. It just seems like he might be a cameo guy. I just don't know who he is. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Gojira. Uh, clearly this guy doesn't know his monsters. He doesn't. But we, we talked about that earlier today too. Like, uh, these are not, these are not established monsters in in the, the Toho universe as it were of, of this film. Oh, great little scene where Yuri scares everybody at the table. I like her. She's a she's actually I find her her character and her acting extremely believable. And uh this is where we introduce um is the name Hakeda, I think. Uh this secondary potential uh suitor Takeda uh who's actually uh, as far as she's concerned, I don't think either one of these guys is a is a potential suitor, but they both seem to like her. Yeah, and here's the introduction of the book. Yep. About the guardian monsters. I kind of have a have a replica of that book downstairs really yeah yeah remind me to show you before before you guys take off that would be cool to see you it basically has four pages in it and then a bunch of blank pages but it has <laughs> these pictures which i think are amazing these like drawings yeah. like ancient style drawings i see your next tattoo oh well maybe that'd be kind of cool uh man teenagers can be such jerks Teenagers in Japan, what is the deal? Obviously, we've Running switched scenes to the, well, the Lake Miata. Yeah, the uh, the surf teens here are more hoodlums than the motorcycle gang is. Yeah, these yeah, guys make the motorcycle gang look like awesome people. I know, and, and, and they start to do something that would be pretty cruel. Oh, yeah. With the dog here, which was like, you know, for a Godzilla film, pretty shocking. Yeah, we were, um, I was like... Don't worry, don't worry. The dog's not gonna get killed. <laughs> we were watching it the other day, uh, and of course, you've got uh, young guy, old guy. I gotta get his character name. Standing off in the distance, Isayama. Yeah, these people. I find I don't know about you guys. I find the characters here, this this rogue group of teens to be completely unbelievable. This is one of the scenes that it just kind of makes me cringe. I can't cringe. believe it either. They're just as... Oh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> as, as lame as they are. That's right. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, if Tiger ever turned into this, I would probably take him out to a field and leave him there. You realize your child <laughs> will turn into a teenager. No, no, like this. Oh. In this whole scene where they get pulled underwater... <clears throat> Um, you know, this probably is a pretty good, pretty good time for me to talk about. Uh, if you, if you don't know, if you're not an avid listener of the Kaiju cast, you might not know that this film Godzilla Mothra King Ghidra was originally supposed to be, uh, 
Varan, Angulus, Bar- uh, Baragon fighting Godzilla. So Mothra and King Ghidra were uh, chosen to replace Angulus and Varan. And um, I think it's pretty apparent that I think Varan was supposed to be the um, the god of the sea. And they chose that because the suits at Toho, um, they wanted popular monsters, correct? Yeah, they said, oh, he, nobody's going to know who Varan and Angulus are. And they let him keep, they let uh, Kaneko keep um, keep our friend Baragon, though. Well, and I was going to ask, they thought that Baragon was a, a big enough, God, what if it had been the smog monster? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I think if it had been the smog monster, you'd get the same kind of, like, backlash that people had over Ghidra being a good guy. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, Is that a spoiler alert? A little bit. No, not spoiler. I mean, I think anybody who's watching this movie and listening to the commentary probably has already seen the movie a bunch of times. I would hope so. And boy, I tell you. The first time I watch GMK, I'm going to watch it with the Kaiju cast commentary. <laughs> Ding! <laughs> uh, and here's a... I love the scene with, uh, with uh, the two Tachibanas here. You get to see the father and daughter uh, relationship. And I... I I think Shusuke Kaneko does a fantastic job in directing humans, mm-hmm. making sure that people seem like they have that they're really believable in the in the universe that he's creating. That this movie actually was that was one of the enjoyable parts, not just their performances, but you know this this movie does have a really well thought out good story that that has some comparable to others has some good cohesion to it. I mean, he does a really good job of trying to make something. That I think is, uh, that's better as a story. Yeah. And I found that as the cameras that he did too, those just had really good, solid stories to him. Yeah, I really care about the people in the film. I really relate to them somehow. I yeah, I mean, I think... exactly what it is. I mean, I, I, mean, I think you're correct. He, he does a great job at character development. There you go. And, I mean, having characters that you remember after the movie's over... I mean, you remember the monsters, of course. Oh, right, yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's just a plus to have, you know, the human characters you actually remember as well. Agreed. Now, so here she is. She's seeing something uh, on the news about the Mothra attack. The guy being exiled 100 years ago there. Yeah, this is a great scene with these two guys where uh, the fella on the right, whose name I forget (laughs) because I haven't studied enough, is apologizing for... Uh, not uh, not being able to take Yuri home, and the guy on the on the left hand side is like, "Oh, you don't want to be where I was, man." <laughs> <laughs> more more of that character development that Kaneko is really good at, really does a great job and and directing just these three people on this train. You know, it's I get a great sense of of uh, of their relationships. Like that particularly right there where she's like, ah, he's okay. <laughs> uh, the reviewing of the footage. So this is uh, the war room. And there's some there's a couple of interesting cameos in here that I'm going to point out because uh, I'm a nerd like that. Um, this guy here. Hiroyuki Watanabe. Yeah, he actually was a guest at G-Fest um, last year. I, I hear he's uh, he was a great, great guest. Did you know that he is a relative of Ken Watanabe? I did not know that. He's not really, but they have the same name. <laughs> Here, jerk. Guy in the right there, that's Masaki Tezuka, director of Megaguirus and uh, 
um, the Mecha Godzilla films from the from the Heisei series. Oh, nice. Uh, Millennium series, excuse me. Guy on the left here talking next to... Uh, I missed it. Uh, when it goes back to... Um, uh, where's my clipboard? When the shot goes back to uh, Shinya Owada playing the military leader, uh, look to his left. I'm going to wait for it now. But... <laughs> Um, this whole, uh, this whole scene is really, does, oh, there he is right there on the left-hand side, Koichi Kawakita, special effects director from the Heisei's era. What's up? Oh, nice. Uh, anyway, this whole scene really does a great job of explaining, like, how reluctant the military is to use their own, uh, their own, you know, resources. And it's very different than the regular kind of, like, kill them all attitude that you get in, you know, even some Godzilla films too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not to mention American uh, military films. Okay. So this is something I'm going to complain about. If this guy is a ghost, which spoiler alert, <laughs> if this guy doesn't really exist, how did he get arrested in the first place? Yeah. And how did they track him down? How did they find out where he was? How, you know, this is sort of, I love the character. I love the actor. I love the scene and the setup here, but the logic doesn't play into it. And I know I've said he this before. To be. Like, <laughs> no, he wanted to be. This was his way of getting the message across. Okay. You don't right. think so? It makes, it makes some sense, but, you know, why, why get arrested and be in jail as opposed to just a- appearing before them at any other spot they- they've been to. I, j- I don't know. Is that just me? No, I mean, a little more explanation would have been nice. <clears throat> because you're not really, I mean, at this point, you're like, okay, this guy was on the island, and now, how, yeah, he was, how did he, how, why is he in jail now? He was at the lake, yeah. you know, and and then uh, now he's here in jail. And then they go to where Ghidra is sleeping, and um, now see, he shows up there, too. Well, and I guess they do have the book already, so they could know Ghidra's name. Yes. they in, At this point, they should know all their names. Yeah. And, you know, she kind of picks up this, this thing and says, oh, I th- I'm pretty sure this old man left this here for me. Anyway, I this is one of those things that kind of it doesn't bug me a ton about this movie. I mean, I love it. I've telling Jeff earlier. I've seen this movie probably close to fifteen times. It's a really solid film, and I enjoy it thoroughly. But uh, I don't know. Just this kind of thing where uh, you use this tiny little thing that may or may not have been put there by somebody. Like that's just too much coincidence. Is it? Mm. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. The other thing about this scene that I'm kind of like meh about is um, the fact that uh, this guy's like kind of freaking out that these three branches are no longer there anymore. I had to watch this a couple of times because I was like, wait a minute, what did he see? All I can see are a couple of branches there. What is he looking at? Yeah, and like, but it must even, be something past the branches. Yeah, even though, even though I, I don't like that. I love that you've got this foreboding soundtrack and they look super concerned. And I think that, you know, when I, the first time I saw this, I was like, goose chills. Like, not really, but, you know, just kind of like, it did a good job. It, and though, I mean, that's a neat representation, I guess, for the three heads or the three necks of Ghidra, but I guess they're, but they're, they're just not items that stand out. And, you know, what do they, yeah, it would be neat if it was like this old tree 
that that had the Ghidra yeah. look to it, and then the whole tree was gone. Yeah. I do love this scene where you've got the kids on uh, basically on Odo Island, which is the very first place that Godzilla landed in 1954. Yeah, and it, they actually kind of seem a little concerned at first, but then they're like, oh, we're going to make fun of the old lady. <laughs> yeah. But this, this this is a great scene. It's the first, like, real sense of, like, terror that you get to feel as a Godzilla, yes. you know, as a Godzilla fan, someone who's watching, like, um, I would love to have seen this set. I'm, I'm pretty sure they built this entire room on, like, one big platform that they liked and kept dropping down. Yeah, I mean, the nice thing about it is it seems like this, like that shot right there. Yep. Looks very real. It's not shaking the camera. Mm-hmm. That's the whole set mm-hmm. being shook. Yeah. And then uh cuts to the, the the woman here in the kitchen and she's got all of her, you know, her pottery falling down and you know, clearly she has no idea what's happening. And there's there's a person in the in this scene. She's in she's in two scenes. You know, she comes back later. Oh the uh the one there's the girl playing ping pong, yeah, she comes back later. She comes back and yeah. and when when we get there I I have a comment about all that's a, uh, a great pet peeve shot. here. Yeah. Even though that's a great shot, uh-huh. This along with a couple of others really could have been tightened up with some editing. In yes. my in my opinion. And it's like got sort of a it, it's one of the things, you know, I was talking about in, in uh after we watched Godzilla Tokyo SOS, I was like, ah, there's just a couple of things that could make this closer to a perfect movie that if I could go back in time, I would I would help with that. Uh but I digress. This is a uh great scene here because essentially um the uh the old man is is really telling the entire audience what's going on. Yeah. Uh you know, he's He's basically saying, like, why has Godzilla appeared? This is why Godzilla has appeared. And uh, why are the Guardians of Yamoto going to maybe protect us? This is why they're going to protect us. Uh, And also, in addition, the boss here in the back, (laughs) aside from calling him an old fart, again, see, he takes out his cigarette. Oh, wait, hang on a second. No, I can't be smoking. I should not be smoking. So he puts his cigarette away and pulls out his... um, these are actually squid <laughs> legs. Is that what that is? Yeah, I didn't know I, what I that was. I think it's like I think it's to to help people stop smoking. In Japan that's what they use instead of carrots. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> for the oral fixation stuff. But anyway, he has a line in here saying Godzilla is passé, which is a very strong indicator of like how this is actually relating to real life too. Like Godzilla at this point in in uh Godzilla's film history is passé. Ticket sales were way down. They actually paired this uh, film with a Hamtaro, uh, which is a tiny, like a, I guess, an adorable hamster cartoon from from Japan. It was really yeah. big at the same time. So, yeah. anyway, uh, more great exposition from Kaneko, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Do I need to narrate that we're flying through the? <laughs> Well, the control this center is, here uh, again. This is one of those things that, from a shot perspective, it's not a cheap thing to be able to build a, a set of digital electronic stuff that's monitoring the system. I mean, they did a they did a really good job with all those. Oh yeah, and here she goes. She's reading about the uh, Yamato Guardians. Yeah, you know, I uh, oh no, she's actually reading about the Native American uh, stones. It's kind of a weird weird. Uh, it's it's kind of like the Blair Witch reference. Yeah. Like, um, you know, kudos to Kaneko for 
and and his screenwriters for putting something in that's out you know outside of the Japanese mythos for sure. But at the same time, like as as uh, someone who lives here in America, it's like really you're gonna pull the speaking stones reference out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, channeling things to put into stones to wake up monsters. Can we do that? Could could you guys teach me how to do that? Because I would like to learn how to wake up monsters. Well, I'm taking a class oh, right now on that. So <laughs> when I finish it, I'll... Now, is that at PSU? <laughs> and so here you go. Here's where that piece came from. Came from one of those stones. Uh, now, this guy, uh, I'm going to kill myself for not remembering his name, but he was also in the Gamera series, playing a bit role in this film. Another one of those slightly comedic issues even though it's like oh my gosh he's gonna commit suicide it's very clear in a second that he is just here for the laughs yes though that's a pretty good shot i like the set here oh i love i love the sets on this film um the underground set where he finds the the sleeping ghidra and and I actually really like him as an actor. And I'm really kicking myself for not remembering his name. He plays, I think, Odaka. He plays, in, you know, in the Gamera series, he plays the uh, the chief inspector, mm-hmm. the police inspector. But I, I love to think about, like, what it would be like to actually land on the sort of, like, ice or crystal surface and be able to see a giant three-headed dragon <laughs> underneath you. <laughs> Yeah, and again, I know you touched upon this a little while ago. The music by Kao at Otani. Yeah. Is um this is one of my favorite Godzilla soundtracks really? of all time. I love it. I mean it's different. And the first time I saw the film I was kinda like, this is kinda weird because it's not all you know It's not all symphonic, there's a lot of synthesizer. synthesizer but yeah. I think it works. It kinda fits with the epicness of the story in my in my opinion. I will agree with you, and it definitely sets it apart for as, as far as soundtracks go. Um, I would love to see a full-blown, like, however many pe- pieces are in a symphony to, like, reproduce this, j- you know, just with analog instruments instead of, you know, synthesizers. I think that would be really amazing. Now, here you go, man. Here's here's the, uh, the ping-pong player. Yep. Yep. And actually, she appears later on as well. And uh, <laughs> I love how uh, Yuri is trying to talk to her father about how she's a serious reporter, and he really knows that you know she works for this rinky-dink, yeah. <laughs> you know, BSQ, BS Digital yeah. Q. And you know, I I'm pretty sure I'm not particularly positive that that's a reference to Ultra Q. So I found out something interesting about this shot with the with the the ship today. Uh, the ship. This is bad CGI here. Yeah, the indeed. ship is not CGI. The ship the ship is actually a model, and the water is CGI. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, ridiculous shot, anyway. <laughs> uh, this film was pretty much rushed through production. Toho has a very strict rule about um, getting their Godzilla films ready for, I think it's the Tokyo International Film Festival, and they always want to show their you know special effect film there at the, the film festival. So I think this had a post-production time of two months mm. yeah because at this time they would make one godzilla film a year 
Uh, yeah, at this time they they were making one Godzilla film a year, but this this is also the the third film in what was supposed to only be three films, where uh, before got before Godzilla Millennium or Godzilla two thousand as we know it here in the states. So uh, Shogo Tomiyama announced that they were going to release three movies that had um, individual timelines, so that they would only there would really just be direct sequels of the 1954 film, but really the directors could do and the screenwriters could do whatever they wanted. And, you know, they just had to play by a couple of rules as opposed to, you know, linking them to the Heisei or the rest of the Showa series. Mm-hmm. So what, what allowed them to go on and make more millennium movies then, even though this one was piggybacking on a hamster film? Uh, that's a good question because this, I believe, I believe the budget was around, um, and keep in mind that uh, the Japanese yen is, you know, a, there's a lot of yen to one dollar. Uh, I believe the budget was twelve billion yen, or no, sorry, that's not can't be right. Yeah, no, I think it is twelve bill, twelve billion yen, and it netted uh, or grossed nineteen billion yen. So it did not make a lot of money in the box office, but it did make a profit. Oh, and here's where we get to find out about, uh, right? This is where we get to find out about Tachibana's childhood. Yes. Oh, and he's talking about the years of peace that they've had, which is great. I mean, more exposition as to why the military is reluctant to use what they have. And actually, something um, that was pointed out in this article I was reading, this is not the Japanese self-defense force in this universe, because that's what we that's what Japan so you really has. have that, yeah. This is actually like a full-blown Japanese military. Oh, okay. Yeah, because in in this universe, uh, nobody knows that Godzilla, the original Godzilla was destroyed by the oxygen destroyer. They all think that the Japanese military destroyed Godzilla, yeah. which is why the military was allowed to exist after the occupation. Mm. Yeah. This is a great scene, too. I mean, seriously. Uh, sorry to keep saying that. Yeah. yeah. Really well done. Really shows like the terror involved and it's um, you know they always say don't work with animals and don't work with kids right yeah they did a great job of uh, you know getting a kid to emote that he's <laughs> cannot yeah. find his parents and no, freaking out one, about it that's one thing about this film that i think i really really admire and enjoy about it is the fact that there's a quite a few sequences in this film like the one we just saw that shows this is not really a kiddie movie there's right, some scenes right. of terror, and there's an edge to this movie. Yeah, it's definitely that darker. I, definitely that I, darker. That I really like. I mean, not to mention the way Godzilla is in this film, and the way he looks is uh, just wonderfully sinister. Yes, and I'll agree with that totally. I mean, this is one of those films. This is a film that fans have debated for ever since it was released about whether it's a good or bad. And uh, some people love Kaneko. Some people hate Kaneko. Some people think that he... Uh, produced a terrible movie. I happen to be in the camp where I think this is one of the best Godzilla movies ever, and uh, I don't. I have no idea like how you could even think this is a bad Godzilla film. Uh, the darkness is something that, it, that bothers people, I guess. I, I I can see that if, um, but I you know I loved Godzilla films before this film, but I think it, especially I think this is the best one of, of the Millennium series, yeah. in my opinion. No, especially I definitely up to agree that, with that. Especially up to that point after Godzilla 2000 and Mega Gears. 
This was a nice, nice, you know, breath of fresh air. Yes, and and this is a good scene here as well. This is a you know the fellow on the left here, and uh, Tachibana are are uh, talking about the different monsters that they're seeing here. And uh, I believe is this where he starts? Uh, yeah, he brings up the legend, and the guy on the left hand side is what I'm talking about. Like, oh, you're talking about the guardian monsters? Uh-huh. Yeah. So he he knows about the legend already. Um, here we go back with the. Uh, our good friend, the inspector from the camera series. And this guy here on the left-hand side, also comedy. He's like, uh, it's always talking about how he built the website. Yeah. but And that guy's familiar, too, I have to say. The guy on the left-hand side? Yep. Ah. Again, my issue with, uh, with <laughs> whether or not this guy is real or not, he's sitting in a cell, and uh, Baragon busts through the... Uh, busts through the 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 ground outside of the jail giving that oh hi thing <laughs> oh hi and uh why is he there like this doesn't really make much sense i love the fact that uh that uh that this happens but um you know it doesn't make much sense in the end of the film when they say that he died i think during the first godzilla attack or something like that Nitpick, nitpick. Uh, but this is, I love the integration of Baragon and the real world stuff here. Mm-hmm. And Baragon's a great monster, too. I love that he blinks. Yeah. It's pretty nice. So it, it's really bizarre. In, uh, in this movie, I found some of the costume stuff, some of the, the rubber suits, mm-hmm. are really amazing in some levels. Right. They are the most articulated and the most detailed in some levels. Yes. In some levels. And yet they are also at the same time, the most rubber looking of the suits. Uh, There's a couple of shots in this movie where you can really see some of the seams. And I I find that really disappointing, but you know, they were, everybody's working on this extreme timeline with these films. You know, basically they make a Godzilla film, like Jeff said, at this point, they're making one every year. And so, from when they announce the film, they have... It's less than a year, a lot less than a year to actually make the film. And so, what ends up happening is, uh, for specifically for Kaneko, his production was, I think, even rushed more because Toho did not announce the film um, as early as they normally do. And I, I mean, I love the monster design of all the monsters mm-hmm. in, in this film. Even though even though Ghidra is a lot smaller than he normally is, yes, I love the way his head looks or his heads, I guess you could say. And I like the changes to Mothra. I like the way Baragon looks. I mean, I, I just I, I just love the design of all the creatures in this. Yeah, I really like the updated Baragon. I also like how they're all smaller than Godzilla. You know, when they appear. That was something I was surprised by, and there's a, a moment during the Baragon battle, the very first one, mm-hmm. where it's extremely noticeable, and I was like, whoa, are they getting like the perspective off? No, yeah. You think this is a a play on the American one? Doesn't this one here? Yeah, this Maybe. little sequence right here. It might be. I, I love, love this, this appearance, shot. though. The, the whole appearance yep. of Godzilla in this <clears throat> film is just amazing. That is a really great shot. He moves his head to get out of the way, the boat yep. falls down. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I, I think that when this happened in the theaters, it was probably extremely, like, Pretty amazingly cool. amazing to see. 
Yeah. Okay, so here's the three suit actors of the monsters. Uh, oh, the is chick, this them? Okay. Yeah, the chick there. That's um, she's Ryota. Yeah, she plays Baragon in the film. Yeah. First, first uh, female to ever play a uh, a Godzilla, Godzilla monster. monster. Nice. Okay, it, and uh, <laughs> that's pretty great. And there was a poster. Uh, there was a poster on the wall there that I totally glazed over as we were talking about her. Uh, talking about the Lucky Dragon, which is that boat that was the original uh, boat that was uh, w- that wandered into a nuclear test site in the f- late f- in the mid fifties that uh, sort of was the catalyst for the Godzilla series. And that I love that shot. I love shots like where they pull way back and you can see like Godzilla and sort of get a sense of his scale. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of those in this film. A lot oh. of a lot of great shots. This is amazing. Where he's yeah. like knocking over the the big crane. That was what I was talking about in this. This is a a really great movie. It has it has all of these great moments, and then it has these like, what the heck just happened? Oh, him stepping through the no 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 the the, the moments in the in the whole movie where it's like wow that is so good wow that's not no no what was the bad one for you the um. Later on down in the fights, actually, there's Oh, you this, think that's a good one? Uh, yeah, I okay. thought this was a good shot. It's just there are these... It's, yeah. And you know what? Not knowing how, what the sequence... I would love to know the sequence in which this film was made. Go ahead, Kyle. You wanted to point out I was just going to say that shot of Godzilla, like, walking through the town there where, like, buildings are, like, kind of blowing up around him. I had that as, like, a desktop background on my computer for probably a couple years. <laughs> See, this is, what, this is nice. one of the scenes... Yes, it that, is. ...that this I... Is- that really, I thought like after I saw this, I'm like, wow. Yeah, and this was the one I was referencing too because I, when I first saw this one, I was like, whoa, this is totally taking a different turn than it usually does. I mean, I when it was great. I mean, when you see him coming through the window, you're scared like she is. Yeah, yeah. You know, I yeah. just, I just love this little, just the mean spiritedness of yeah, she the, thinks she gets the away breath. with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm like, okay. I'm okay. And this is actually one of my pet peeves in just a second here because she gets the breath of fresh air. So like, then boom, that shot right there, trim half of that off. Like just the, <laughs> the tail sitting there inside the building. Yeah, cut it tighter. Just like seriously, like one or two seconds less. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, because Gamera 3 has has some of those moments too. Oh, absolutely. The scene you know? in Gamera 3 where um all the people, it's like right when he lands and I think it's Shibuya, and, um, it, you know, he lands and causes some destruction and all these people are sort of like recovering from their, from their fall. And, uh, before you even see Gamera, you see all of a sudden this concrete slab, <laughs> like yeah. crushes them all. And you see Gamera's foot. Now uh, the scene where the taxi driver sees Godzilla so in the reflection. A, it's amazing. Yeah, that's a great shot too. And I love this shot coming up right here where he's about to let loose and it cuts to the schoolroom. Yeah. Or and how about this right here where this it he turns around because the lady's screaming and it yeah. gives its his point of view. You've never seen Godzilla's point of view in a Godzilla movie before. Yeah. Not like that where you can hear him going Yeah. That's my Godzilla impersonation. See so here's this shot of Look at his spines here. here. Did you see his spines yeah. move there? Yeah. That's an effect that they they tried but nobody really noticed. So it was kind of an ingenuitive little, in, you know, invention of the special effects guys. See, I love that whole shot, right? Just that whole sequence right there. Yeah, where they pull away, total yeah. cut and, to some other yeah, scene. And, yeah, and then you see the flash, mm-hmm. and now this. 
it's kind of what makes this movie like as powerful as it is. Yeah. And I love how you're passing through the windows and you can't see what she's about to see through the reflection in those windows. And then you get to see that sort of mushroom cloud. And, you know, clearly that a mushroom, cl- seeing a mushroom cloud in your city yeah. would, yeah. would shake your foundation, right? Yes. Ah, good stuff. Good stuff. Great. From Godzilla's appearance there all the way through that scene is pretty much nothing but awesomeness, in my opinion. Except, of course, like I said, that I really wish they cut like two seconds off that one tail smash scene. And I'm I'm one of the fans. I'm a big fan of of that scene where she, the the woman in the hospital, gets freaked out like that. Yeah, I like how she's she's really into this, you know. She's really like she wants to be covering this story. She's, yeah. This is like this becomes her drive, like being able to cover this. She feels like she knows what's going on, and so she says, "Let's follow the hel- the helicopter," and uh, and that ends up, you know, hurting her later on in the film. So this is they're still trying to figure because Baragon's out at this point. They're still trying to figure out that they've got two separate monsters. Right, yeah. Yeah. The Red Godzilla. Yeah, and they have no idea. They they just are, you know, trying to figure out who's who. I think this guy on the right-hand side, whose uh, name is Shinya Iwata, he does a very good job of kind of being, of playing his role, which is, it's it's a hard role to play, I think, because he's got to be the guy in charge who is, not, he's pretty ineffectual, you know, and he, yeah, he has yeah. a couple scenes in this, which I think he does fantastically, uh, I'll talk about later. Uh, here's the Hakone Springs and this this scene with the guy, the uh, husband and wife, I guess, inside of the cable car always like makes me laugh. Yeah, they start freaking out when Baragon walks well, right in front just of them. Their, their scream is very comedic, of course. I mean, it's got to be played yeah. for laughs here, you know. <laughs> and then they're in no danger at all. It seems. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, pretty much, you get you cut right to the people taking pictures. This is a this is a great sequence right here. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And Martin, have you ever seen the original Godzilla film? I have not. Oh, okay. Well, this is going to have uh, less impact for you than it would for someone who's seen the original Godzilla film. But uh, when she takes that, then this scene obviously takes a turn for the worse, and she looks up in terror, and they all turn around and see Godzilla peering over the mountainside. That is a direct um, homage to the very first Godzilla film when he appears at Odo Island over the mountain ridge. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. And, oh, you should have run, because <laughs> now you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of death and destruction in this film, and it's uh, one of those things where uh, more people die or get crushed on screen than, than any of the other Godzilla films. I mean, since kind of since the first one, at least. Yeah, I mean, I think this, this is definitely, since the first film, the one you get the sense of there is a lot of destruction and death. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe that's why it, it, it has divided a lot of people. Maybe, maybe, maybe some people feel like it's not quite as fun, you know, or something to take the kitties to. Yeah. Now let's 
let's talk a little bit about this this entire scene here. I know they're going to cut back to humans every once in a while, like these guys up here in the in the helicopter, uh, who I love their commentary, by the way. <laughs> I, I can't film it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Uh, but this entire scene, the the monsters specifically, was shot on set at Toho. And they made this huge, expansive set that um, you should see the pictures from it because it's really quite amazing how large the set is. Uh, and it really, you know, in the Heisei series, when you see Godzilla stomping through the countryside, he's huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely monstrous. And he should be huge, but not that big. I mean, the Japanese countryside isn't tiny. Yeah. Uh, and basically, this shows, like, how how big Godzilla would be in relation to this. Not to mention, you know, you get the whole fight and the uh, utilizing the actual landscape around them for you know Baragon comes up underneath them and then goes up to the uh, the ridge above him. It's just such a great great choreographed fight and I love this scene here where like Godzilla's following something that's like he knows Baragon's under there. He just knows it and then he falls in the trench. He's trapped and he can't get his balance. This here, actually, see how you don't get to see Godzilla's feet? Mm-hmm. I think that's key. When Godzilla falls down, you really can't show his feet. Because his feet look completely unrealistic. Yeah. Especially mm. this one here. Like, if you, Martin, after the movie, if you want to see the X-plus figure, this is a perfect representation of the suit, pretty much. Yeah. You know, the the, the feet of a Godzilla suit, they don't... They don't move like real lizard feet do. Mm-hmm. You know, they're pretty much you're pretty much stuck with these giant pads yeah. that the guys have to put their foot inside of. So it's it's good when a you know monster falls down, you don't get to see the feet, and it's something that bugs me every time I see that happen in a Godzilla movie. It's like clearly that's a dude in a costume. So that was a rarity when we got to actually see the foot come down on the house. Uh, no, I'm saying that they show the feet way too often in most Godzilla movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, this whole scene here where Baragon has attached himself to Godzilla's arm like a pit bull. <laughs> I love it. And it does a great job of exemplifying how tiny Baragon is compared to Godzilla. And I think uh, Yuri and uh, Takeda, whose name for some reason I can't remember. Now, see, this is what I'm talking about. You yeah. can see how unrealistic the foot is. Yep. But this this was also the one the first time I saw this was like, whoa, holy cow, how much bigger is Godzilla than yeah. Aragon? I mean, that was monstrous. Yeah. These, little, these little kicks are nice. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I can't watch. I can't watch. Uh, but yeah, they uh, they these guys here are filming. <laughs> I love well, how one it, of them's like all gung ho and the other one's like, hey, this poor monster. Well, and the guy and the guy's saying poor monster, but at this point. He should not have been a person that would have known about them being the god monsters. I, I don't think, unless no, no, I, I don't know how said per- that. I didn't, but I was trying to wonder why he had mm-hmm. the had empathy for what was happening. Probably because he's smaller, yeah. the <laughs> underdog, so to speak. Yeah. The scene, the scene too, where Baragon's trying to get away from Godzilla too. I mean, clearly, clearly Godzilla is not. Tag me out! Tag yeah, me exactly. out! Exactly, <laughs> Godzilla is not something to be trifled with. This stuff here, okay, so this is a great uh, great example of like why I think Godzilla movies need to be a little more uh, pre-produced, where they, they think a little bit more about the shot. Like, you basically saw what's happening 
and you get to see it from the helicopter's point of view. All too often, I think there are times when you get to see this shot, or even a moving shot, sometimes, you know, tracking Godzilla's movement, and the, the question in the back of my mind is, like, how are these guys in the control center seeing this? Like, what yeah. is it exactly that they're seeing? And I do, I love how the the people in the control center and Yuri and Takeda react to the death of the people in the helicopter. Mm-hmm. It happens, and they all react to it. Yeah. It's good stuff. Of course, Baragon just shakes it off. And this is kind of a an homage to Frankenstein Conquers the World, where Baragon is kind of walking through the burning trees. It's the first appearance of Baragon, Martin. It's Frankenstein Conquers the World, 1965. Ah, I have not seen that one. It's pretty good. It's pretty cool. It's a really strange movie, but it's it's good. That's where Baragon first appears. And then he doesn't show up for the rest of the series. Mm. Um which is actually one of the weird... I don't understand why they chose Baragon instead of choosing Angulus for, yeah. for this role. If if Toho was concerned about people not knowing who the monsters were, it seems like Angulus would be sort of like the winner there. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, yes. I love Godzilla's spines as they start to crackle and you get the shot of them running away from Godzilla. Well yeah. composited shot. Ooh. Yeah. So the first time that I saw that, that was like... Wow, nice, yeah. nice work on that. I will say that the entire Millennium series does a fantastic job with Godzilla's beam. They each film sort of treats it differently. You know, and I, I have to go back to the story on this one. I, I, I you know, it, it's continuing to have a really good story. This is a really great battle in here. They really don't lose the story while they're having this giant. Uh, monster battle through this whole thing and it kind of takes me back to when we watched final wars you know and final wars really kind of falls back to what a lot of the others did it's with with the aliens okay and i i I just really appreciate that yeah i mean this one i think i just think the story is epic for this one with having like you know the guardian monsters and having all the lore and history of you know, the uh, Guardian Monsters protecting the Earth, and you have evil Godzilla coming back. It, and, and just with the soundtrack, and it, it, it's just, it just feels like an epic Godzilla film. Yeah. This is what, in my opinion, this is what the 50th anniversary film should have been. Um, I, you know what? I'm not going to disagree with you there. This film, I, is, I feel like even though uh, it's clear that Final Wars had more monsters and more creatures and more more of the kitchen sinks thrown into it. Um, this film just is miles above above that one. This one doesn't have any like wasted scenes. So everything benefits the story. Yeah, yeah, and it, another you know another aspect of of this versus Final Wars is that you know this film just spends so much time developing where Final Wars had so many things that were just like flash in the pans. Look what we can do, you know. Yeah, and it I think... It bothers me. I mean, Final Wars is like all flash. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and they just said like, let's just throw... To hell with making a, co- you know, a coherent story. Let's just throw every monster we've ever had I- into this movie and just go out with a huge... Expl- a huge bang, I guess you'd say. E- right? Every monster and every trick, too. Yeah. 
And yeah. I think that's that's uh <clears throat> I don't want to say like Toho should have known better, but uh if you look at uh Rui Kitamura's films, the director of Godzilla Final Wars, I don't think any of them show the substance that uh yeah. that any of the other Godzilla films have. Even some of the worst films. <laughs> you know, that Godzilla's Revenge has better substance than Godzilla Final Wars. Rant over, it's time to talk about Mothra. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh when my girlfriend saw this scene she was like why is there a giant peanut in the in the water <laughs> more pe- kind of bad cgi water yes they couldn't uh you think they could do like do a miniature shot or something mm. that that's an a, a, almost an exact reshoot of what matthew barney did in his Cree master cycle right there that that whole thing the set of bad arty movies. Don't ever look them up and watch them. Okay, I'm not familiar with that <laughs> Ma- film. Matthew I was Barney waiting is, for more. Matthew Barney is Bjork's uh, husband, oh. and uh, he he did a very crazy series of movies that make no sense, and they had objects that looked like that throughout them. Yeah. Oh, okay, so there. This is essentially the military finally being given permission from the prime minister to go ahead with military action. And how far into this are we? We're an hour into the film. Pretty much. Yeah, we're an hour into this film, almost. <laughs> and the military is finally able to take some action against Godzilla and, uh, and, the, and the other monsters, which... Yeah, see, the, <laughs> the guys... Now he's like, yes, we're going to do this. And I, I It think was most, really the girl with the long hair that was the most serious first. I liked her, though. Yeah, <laughs> no, I did too. And again, the country, as Japan, has no idea that the military is so powerless when it comes to fighting these monsters. Yuri-chan! I love how the subtitles say Yuri, babe. <laughs> Which is funny because it actually is a kind of a good translation of what Yuri-chan means. Oh, really? Yeah. Her name is Yuri. Probably short for Yuriko. And uh, and yeah, when uh, is basically the three ones I know are uh, San, mm-hmm. Sh- Sama, and Chan. So San would be Vavrasan, and mm-hmm. uh, some like a teacher would be Sama, or like an older person would be Sama, and then like kids would be Chan. So yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I love how the the boss is like, "Yes, we're gonna do this." Somebody call Weird Al Yankovic back. <laughs> oh, see, here we go with the military coming in finally, and another one of these scenes like where you get to see the perspective of the, uh, of like how small Godzilla is mm-hmm. good stuff. And the shot of them actually dropping the missiles on him bombs, I guess mm-hmm. you get to see what the military is seeing. And it's a, it makes sense. This makes sense to me. You know, it's yeah. not some weird roving camera that they get to see in their, um, in their control room. Martin, you'd love this, that he was actually on fire for a little bit there. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I was like, oh, man, that's a guy with black lung right now. (laughs) Yeah. It should be noted maybe right now that the Godzilla suit actor in this film is the first time he's ever played Godzilla and the uh, only time. It's Mizuho Yoshida, who also played uh, one half of the Legion creature in Gamera 2. 
and I believe he played Death Ghidra and uh, Dagarla in the Mothra series. Is it uh, Ziramu? Is that how you say that? Zerum. Zerum. You don't pronounce yeah. the the U at the end. No, that's Zerum. like saying Ringu, which will instantly earn my ire. <laughs> <laughs> so Zerum, yeah, he was Zerum. Yes. Which is, it makes a lot of sense. Zerum, uh, for those who have seen that science fiction epic, uh, is an extremely tall uh, person or monster. Oh, I love that shot of Godzilla turning after mm-hmm. he's been lit on fire and roaring at the at the jets <laughs> and this, <laughs> this the leader <laughs> saying, you got to hit him at the right angle. <laughs> and then the, yeah, but the, the, pilots, the, pilot. <laughs> the pilots saying, what are you talking about? We are hitting him at the right angle. Is that gonna... I don't think it matters. Yeah, and then... <laughs> That's the last thing they see. More death, more on-screen death, you know? Yeah. And this shot here of the house getting destroyed. Yep. I mean, imagine how long it took to destroy, I mean, to build that up, and then they just destroy it. I love love those shots. The miniature work in this film, um, well, we haven't gotten to see a lot of it yet, the miniature work in this film is fantastic. Yeah, uh, all of the, I think, all of the mini, uh, the miniature work in the Millennium series was very well done. This just was no exception. And here we have Ghidra awakening, and I love, like I said before, the look of Ghidra. It's got like this very Chinese influence. Yeah. He's uh, definitely got the Asian influence. You know, I think the original Ghidra, that's what they were going for, for sure. But, uh, you know, they were dealing with limited materials, and they did the best they could. Uh, Something else that uh, I don't know if you guys know about, Ghidra in this film, instead of having hair sort of coming out of the, uh, from behind his jowls, he has these um, almost like claw shape things. (laughs) I don't even know how to describe it. Uh, those are those were put there because um, the you know G- Ghidra and Mothra replaced Varan and Angulus in the film, and so Varan uh, has those shapes attached to the side of his head, and so those are an homage to Varan. Oh, okay. Now here's the uh, birth of Mothra. I think this is a great scene. Especially the music really works. I yeah, I love the music. Now, how do you feel about the CGI? Uh, you know, I don't have a problem with it. I don't like it when the, the wings kind of unfold. You don't? You don't like that? Uh, not so much. But when they when the wings are actually out, and then they kind of come down yeah. on top of the cocoon, I do like that. Um, I also like, you know, because Mothra's kind of redesigned for this movie. Absolutely redesigned, uh, yes. As well, she kind of has like spider-like legs. M- much more like a wasp, actually. Yeah, and, yeah. and her body. Yeah, because she does that like stinging motion a few times when she's going to attack Godzilla. Yeah, I love this shot of Godzilla like stomping down the countryside, and and Yuri is following him on the bike. Yes. Now you know the the shot, and I wanted to comment on the CGI because while they didn't do a good job of CGI for water, yeah. I thought the Mothra CGI was really good, and in fact, I thought Mothra was better as CGI than when it was an actual physical character in here, I thought, because they're getting more movement and all of that. And the same with both the Ghidra and then the King Ghidra. Yes, yes. No, I'll, I'll definitely agree with that. I think that uh, the most attention, CGI-wise, in this film mm-hmm. was was given to Mothra, and rightfully so. I mean... Um, when, when she flies, yep, one the, of the wings look exactly. realistic. Because that's like the one thing about Mothra. 
That's the one thing the about other movies. all of the winged, winged yeah, creatures, yeah, the creatures that we that always kind of just, complain about. Yeah, yeah. So I don't really have a problem with the CG at all, adding that. I do... I wouldn't have liked it if it was all completely CG. That wouldn't really be a Godzilla film at all. But like the, the monster was. But at least it's CG. realistically done. Yeah, in, yeah, in CG, it, it, and they did a good a, job. It's a perfect combination of the two. Yeah, and again, I love how they are watching her broadcast in the control yeah. room. Like that's it's attention to detail that really does it for me in this film. Now well, these two the sisters <laughs> are the twins. The girl on the right is Ayana from the uh, from Gamera. Three, mm-hmm. um, and the girl on the left, I believe I have seen. Now she's on the right. I believe I've seen in Battle Royale. I think a weird little homage. Thank you, Kaneko-san. There is one thing about Yuri's whole trip that I kind of. I don't really think about it being, you know, while I'm watching the film, but maybe like after I finish watching it, I kind of don't really get the connection. Like, did she really bike all the way from the hospital to, uh, to where Godzilla's destroying Tokyo? I don't know how far Hokone is. Uh, I think that's where the hot springs are, but yeah. Maybe it's just best not to think about yeah. that. <laughs> Too hard. Am I thinking it, overthinking it? I'm overthinking it. But I love how she's getting the flashes of uh, of what happened with um, Professor Isayaya. Isayama. Dang. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I love uh, I love the design of Ghidra in this movie too. <laughs> He's getting frustrated. Too many monsters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. This is uh, another another good scene in the control room where uh, everybody's sort of realizing uh, almost the futility of it all, and you know they're having trouble keeping track of things. So here we here, go. Here yeah, they go with the naming of the monsters. Yeah, I, yeah. So I like how he's suggesting it, and then <laughs> the yeah. general takes off his glasses and says, uh, "A little far Sounds a bit far fetched. Now I think. In one of the versions I saw, the general said, it seems like you're enjoying this. <laughs> Is that what it said in the yeah, version you watched? Yeah, that's what he yeah. said, yeah. Yeah. I think it's good. I think it's one of the problems with, with watching a subtitled yeah. film is like you can never count on the subtitles being the same if it's if it's produced by two different companies. And when I say company, I'm using air quotes because um, I let Martin borrow my bootleg version of the film Uh when clearly what we need to do is watch the the version that's readily available. Oh, so they're in Yokohama. Do you know who did the the the, the one that Here I watched go. was playing it? Was, yeah, yeah. So they're they're naming them all. Yeah the the version I had that was the one that had subtitles by fans. Yes, yes, that okay. was fan subbed. Gotcha. And here Tachibana is you know doing a great job of. Uh, of telling the his special forces, like, you know, this is what we're going to do. And we've had a long period where nobody has, we have not had to fight, you know, and it's very apparent that, that he appreciates, I may have gotten that, that actual timing wrong there, but it's very apparent in this film that his character fully appreciates how they have not had to go to war. Yeah. 
And they've basically been a dormant military this whole time. I don't understand these two people. I think I feel like this is more like the comic relief. Going yeah. By, yeah. Yeah, no, but I feel like this is more comic relief of character, you know, if maybe if I lived in Japan, I might know who those two people were, those two actors were. Oh, my ears are getting hot under these headphones. <laughs> Not something that the listeners need to know about. I just yeah. felt like uh felt like sharing. So I find it weird that they're uh they've already got the drill missiles prepped. But I mean it's it's cool that they've they've got that sort of uh in mind. I love the appearance here where the guys finally get to see what Godzilla looks like and the Yeah, there they go. <laughs> Godzilla looks so awesome in this movie. Yeah. And it's you know, for the for the art direction and the design on the suits, having the eyes of Godzilla different at yes. least they're different from any of the ones that i've oh seen. yeah no he's he's never appeared like that before very very cool um there was sort of an issue uh i guess some people took issue with godzilla's eyes being white in the maquette when they unveiled the maquette before production really uh because in japan um blind eyes are represented by just being fully white yeah and so what they ended up doing is they changed them so they're if you were to look closely at the at the eyes of Godzilla, they're white in the center, but they have all these sort of like gray veins on the outside, oh, I see. which actually ends up working very well for it. Um, but I'm a huge fan of the the nightmarish quality of Godzilla. Yeah, and uh, if you've seen Gamera three, you know that Ayana the the Mm, she's not a protagonist, is she? Anyway, that she's sort of like the bad guy girl in the in the in the mil, in the movie. She uh, she has a a memory of Gamera attacking her building, which is not really what happened. But her memory is is skewed. You know, she chooses to remember Gamera as a as a nightmare, and yeah. and Gamera has eyes. His eyes are have the same quality. I mean, I like the idea that Godzilla has all white eyes because he's basically kind of possessed. Yeah, or he's yeah. the spirit of all, you know, the uh, the anger. Yeah, the anger. So I think it, it's, it's just a it's a nice nice touch. Yes, very nice. Okay, so here's a here's here's a confusing thing. Mothra's never had uh, flying poop before, and and doesn't have it again either. Yeah. It's like you know. I'm, Mothra doesn't have any of her conventional weapons against Godzilla. Yeah, well, they just like com- completely started from scratch. Yeah, you know, um, and those are that's not really poop. That's supposed to be stingers. She's yes. supposed to be sp- uh, firing stingers. Oh, yeah. So I, I don't know if that, that makes much sense. I love this shot here. Yep, of Godzilla getting up with the with his fins glowing, and then he just blasts at Mothra. Yeah, and here and here's the sequence. Um, that Martin was talking about a little bit earlier. Oh, but I love this here where Mothra flies by and Yuri's like, ooh, and she recovers and then she comes back and you get the blinding white light of Godzilla's. Yep. Boom. Yeah. Blows her back. And that guy loves to scream her name. That's all I'll say. Not saying anything else. Yuri, babe. <laughs> yeah, and here's the sequence where the guy's in the control tower at the top of the building. 
Mothra just happens to lead them or lead. Yeah, like here it is. Beam right to it. Yep. Yeah, they're like, uh oh. This is not going to yep. end well. <laughs> I see you. I see you. And yoink. <laughs> I think they've got like that half second where they're like, oh, thank goodness. Mothra's not going to fly into us. <laughs> oh, what's that blinding white light? Oops. I really like this guy in the middle, the sort of like beefier looking uh, mm-hmm. army army guy. He's got ground. really fantastic reactions. And again, here, you know, on the, on the, ship in the harbor you don't uh they're not actually seeing what happened what's happening they're just getting the information yeah and again look how small mothra is compared to godzilla come you know and then additionally compared to her other incarnations yeah so the appearance of ghidra Wimpy Ghidra, uh, and a bone of contention among lots of fans. A lot of people don't appreciate that Ghidra, which is supposed to be one of Godzilla's most powerful foes, has been turned into this sort of whimpering, non-flying, young, rapscallion version that doesn't... It's like completely ineffectual against Godzilla. I think he's a little bit tired. He's been sleeping for 2,000 years. Yeah. Yeah. Woken up too early, yeah. I guess, is, is is essentially what they're kind of saying here. Well, and, and you know, I'm, I understand a lot of fans being upset about that aspect, but, you know, you have to take into account that all the previous incarnations we've seen of, of Mothra and Ghidra are not supposed to have z- existed. Right, yeah. This you is know, a brand so, new a brand new mythos, as it yeah. were. There's only one other giant monster movie, and that's the original Godzilla. Exactly. According to this film. According so. to this film, yes. I do like the effects, though. I mean, I love uh, Ghidra attacking with all three heads. Uh, you know, all three heads go to bite Godzilla, yeah. and something's happening. Maybe maybe Ghidra's shocking Godzilla with its own power. Maybe it's sucking power out of Godzilla, something like that. You know, uh, something, uh, an effect that was used really, really well in this film is the is the uh, combination of camera speeds between using the slow motion to show the mass and the size and all of that stuff. And then when things come back to, uh, and they don't do anything fast when everything is, is in, I guess, a normal speed or a normal frame rate. So I know I talked about I love the Godzilla suit. Um, but uh, since we're kind of talking, we're talking a little bit a second ago about uh, people not liking Ghidra. Another problem with this Godzilla suit is while it's very cool looking and very well designed uh, and very innovative because it's this Godzilla suit actually stands a foot taller than any other Godzilla suit ever made. Um, the stance required to make Godzilla look as he's supposed to really just doesn't work out very well for the actor inside mm-hmm. and uh when he's standing upright he looks really fat and a lot of people call this godzilla like fatzilla <laughs> well just like in that last shot of him coming down the towards, street yeah yeah it, that that's not the best shot nope you've ever had <laughs> definitely not i like shots like this where godzilla is flipping ghidra over yeah and you know and this is another one of those things like where godzilla is flipping ghidra over really kind of looks more like uh more realistic than it does in godzilla versus king ghidra and uh here we go godzilla's blasting again and 
I love his beam in this movie. Yeah, very It's much sort so. of like a mixture between his uh, almost laser beam quality Heisei era beam and like the original gaseous sort of look to it. Yeah. Hidura takes quite a beating in this one, first out. Yep. And none of the none of the Guardian monsters, I think, you know, it's definitely one of the points of the film is none of the Guardian monsters individually can defeat Godzilla. No, not even close. Not even yeah, close. Not even close, exactly. Because Godzilla is essentially, you know, he is he's not the original Godzilla in this movie. He's mm-hmm. being fueled by the the rage of um the the ghosts of the long dead. And that's, you know, that's a good point. That actually brings back the environmental part that Godzilla usually represents in films, and that is not represented here at all. They don't have a, a message that is environmental in its uh, in its speech. Yeah. This one is actually more socio- sociology, you know, remembering your past paying respect to your elders and where you are and, and, and where you where you are as far as freedoms and... You know, never having had to go to war. Yeah, and for sure, like this. Um, I mean, this this movie, while keeping Godzilla's origin as as being you know uh, birthed from the nuclear uh, the nuclear explosions and testing grounds. Oh, That's a good. It, shot this right is there. a totally straight from Gamera Three, man. Just mm-hmm. like people flying into the air while the explosions happen all around them. Yeah. This is what I really, I watched this and I was like, or no, I watched Gamera 3 and I was like, this is what's been missing from Godzilla films. Mm -hmm, And so to see it actually happen in a Godzilla film, big fan sitting here talking about this movie. Yeah. So what do you think, you know, a lot of the reaction of people who didn't like Godzilla coming back to be a villain, do you think? I don't think think that was so much of an issue because if if you think about it, Godzilla actually has been a villain in just about every movie except for Space Godzilla. Yeah. And Space Godzilla was the was the movie where he sort of like you know, he saved everyone. Space Godzilla was the only film as stupid as it is and and, and as much as I love it. Um <laughs> which is sort of contradictory, but uh Space Godzilla is the only film in the Heisei era where Godzilla literally saves the earth from from something. Like yeah. you get the feeling that if Space Godzilla had his way, he would turn the entire Earth into one giant crystal uh, planet. Yeah. And sure, you know, Godzilla Godzilla defeats uh, all of the other monsters, but they never pre- you know, present such a huge, terrible, you know, future as, as Space Godzilla did. Um, and Godzilla does save the Earth from Orga and does save the Earth from uh, Megaguirus, but I never really got, you know, you never really get the sense in the in the Millennium series that he's a good guy, you mm-hmm. know. So I don't think anybody had a real problem with uh, with him being the bad guy again. I think it's just, uh, I think it's people more having a problem with like the reimagining of the of Mothra and King Ghidra, and quite frankly, shows Godzilla's range. Far beyond that of, say, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who could never be a bad Terminator <laughs> after Terminator 1. He had to always be the good Terminator. Yeah. Uh, mm, now, that's really, really bad great. About, you like that shot? I do. Oh, okay. I actually kind of... 
I like it in this, I like what it's trying to accomplish, but I don't actually like the implementation. Hmm. I think it looks a little too much like you're watching a video game. Or Tiger, something. yeah. <laughs> Tiger, uh, Tiger saw this when we watched it the other day for the first time in a long, I mean, probably years since he's seen this. Um, and he enjoyed it, but I think he, I think he also kind of balked at some of the special effects shots, and that was one of them. Considering how bad the water was, I, I was using the water as the... <laughs> the water is the worst. That, the that's, the worst. You know, that's the bar to jump uh, over, and so that's a good one. I love this shot here. That is really giant, great, yeah. uh, I, Energy I mean, orb, yeah. Yeah, and this giant explosion here. Yep. Which I think the actor was inside that suit. <laughs> not really sure. <laughs> I'm, I don't know. Uh, big explosion. There's a lot of great pyrotechnics in this film, you guys. Yes, but we are about to have a couple of the moments where uh, that I had watched before when I was like, oh, man. Because we, we've seen a couple. We've talked about a couple of things. Yeah. Here's a decent shot. That's of a really good. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good one there. That's um, one thing you don't see very much that it's Godzilla swimming. No, nah, not much. Because you know, so. I don't think that, you know what I was talking about, like Godzilla falling down and seeing his feet. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, you know, as a suit, you can't really represent that in the water. Yeah. Not to mention the danger involved in like actually putting yeah. an actor in a suit underwater. Yeah. But what were you talking about, Martin? That we're we're uh, approaching some of the places where you know we we've made comments about well you know that's not so good that's not good so good. Right here, this is one of those spots where I was like, really, after all of the really cool things that we've seen, and even some of the CGI stuff that we could argue, like the noticeable rubber suit on a on a cable mm-hmm. <laughs> statically sliding into Godzilla it's like he, he I think he must have what you were talking about running out of time we're running out of time get that guy up on a crane swing that in there and let's do this yeah yeah and you know I think one of the the same thing with the feet you know mm-hmm. Ghidra's feet a lot of people make fun of the feet because they look like chicken feet I don't care so <laughs> much about that but Ghidra's feet when he's flying should not be sticking out straight in front of him like yeah. it's a man in a suit. It yeah. should they should look a little more organic <laughs> like, you know, he's an actual dragon. Went it out the back. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, oh, this is great. When uh this is Yeah, these two guys are like, "Yep. We're going out. We're doing this. We're going to take these guys down or take, sorry. I just totally ruined that. We're going to take Godzilla down." Um and the fact that, you know, Ghidra is fighting Godzilla underwater. I think this is a pretty prime example of um, of Varan. What Varan should have been doing. Mm-hmm. This is probably straight out of that, yeah, out of that uh, transcript. Now, I know that basically uh, Kaneko worked with some some screenwriters. He kind of he kind of came up with the idea of it on his own and the basic premise of this film. Uh, but then he had to work with screenwriters once Toho uh, gave the thumbs down to using yeah. Varan and Angulus. He, he had to work with some screenwriters to adapt his existing screenplay into what we're seeing here on screen today. And I, now, the, the the battle in the bay is really cool, but one of the stupid hangups that I have in my brain is the fact that at one at one point Godzilla is standing there when Ghidorah is oh, yeah. flying in and attacks, and then all of a sudden it's like you know this bay that's several hundred feet deep. Yeah, I don't. I can't speak to that. But I <laughs> maybe he was just treading water. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Subject change. Let's talk about the relationship between Yuri and her father here. Yes. Uh, this is a great scene where you get to you get to see how everything in this film has sort of built up to where they are in their relationship right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she's been um, she's been you know acting recklessly, and you know he's clearly upset about it, but understands that they've they've actually been relying on her her reports and. And she's upset that he's going after Godzilla, and and it's through his his explanation of why it's his duty to do this that she finally gets him, and he finally gets her, and it's I I think it's a great scene, and that's part of that great storytelling that this movie does not lack, and right. and being able to carry multiple story threads through. Yep, and she's still I mean. Clearly, she's still upset, but he's he's given her carte blanche to to go take care of what she needs to take care of. Good stuff, and a great shot of the Satsuma sub. Yeah, that thing's pretty cool. Armed with the drill missile. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this movie, this movie does. I I post when I was watching the Blu-ray version of this because I bought the Blu-ray from Japan. Um, I posted a f- couple photos on, or a photo of the of the movie while I was sitting here watching it. Took a picture with my phone and posted it on Facebook. And one of my comments was, um, "I know this isn't a perfect movie, but uh, what this movie does right, it does really, really right. Like it gets it so well, gets gets it right. And I think that's um, it's." Unfortunately, it is kind of it makes it stand out from a lot of the other Godzilla films. Yeah, where um, you know, there a lot of the other Godzilla films are just kind of generally good, and yeah. this film has, um, I mean, more things in it than I can count on on my hands. Of, uh, where I'm just like, oh, that's the way to do it. You yeah. Know? yeah, you know. I mean, I think I mean for me, this is one of my top three favorite Godzilla films. Oh, definitely for me. Definitely. I mean, there are so many outstanding elements to this movie that, like you just said, set it, set it above Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. nor the normal Godzilla film. And the, this is a, you know, this scene here, fantastic movie. And it's clear that all the actors care about what's happening to the other characters. Mm -hmm. You know, Kaneko does a great job in, in directing his actors and actresses and, it's great. And, and you know, I think uh, for any of the people that had either worked with him before on the Gamera series or had seen the Gamera series, I think everybody came into this knowing he was going to make something that was quality. Yeah. And they, they weren't going to fall back on some failures of other movies. Yeah. And it might also be because a lot of the people he used, like, you know, Otani, are people he was familiar with, he'd worked with before. Yeah, he did bring over some people from the, from the Gamera, Gamera series, series, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which actually caused a little bit of a controversy that he wasn't using some of the Toho staffers. But, uh, but you know, clearly did a great job. And I love this. Like, they, they probably thought they were pretty safe up there <laughs> until Godzilla blasted <laughs> his blast game out of the water. And, uh, yeah, this whole shot of the, the bridge falling down. Uh, popping. Great nice. CGI right there, you know. Yeah. Now, it, you've talked about some of the the controversy with this, and there are some people that love this one and don't. But it overall, 
how does this movie stand up in the annals of the Godzilla films? Is this considered by more by most people to be one of the best made? I, I believe that if you if were to somehow poll every single Godzilla fan, uh, this movie would rank very highly. Mm-hmm. I think one of the issues, aside from the controversy involved with its you know pre-production and production and post-production, uh, the controversial aspects, I think that this movie, when it like I said, when it does something right, it does it really right. But on the flip side, when it does something wrong, it's sometimes it's like eye-rollingly, mm-hmm. you know, heart-cringingly bad. Uh, I want to say something real quick about this. Yep. The subtitling on the Sony DVD is bad. So they accidentally hit Ghidra, and the subtitles say great. That is absolutely not what they're saying. G- great and excellent, they're saying they're basically saying, "Damn, yeah, <laughs> yeah." You know, they're they're uh, they're upset because they they hit the wrong target, and I don't know who subtitled that, but that's like uh, it was <laughs> makes totally, me mad. Totally <laughs> like, different in the other yeah. subtitles. In fact, I I noted what they actually said in the other subtitled version. Yeah, what was said there, and and it was not excellent. <laughs> oh, I love that the Godzilla grabs the sub. I shall pinch you in my fingers. And this is this is another uh, great sense, you know, sense of tension built by built by Kaneko in the story. And he's got multiple multiple sort of uh, storylines going on here that that are all building tension at the same time, which is probably kind of reminds me of uh, Timothy Zahn's writing, mm-hmm. where he's got all these kind of things that all these threads are happening out in the world and they all sort of converge into one point where everybody's kind of having everything happen to them all at once. Now this is the, the piece of the idol that mm-hmm. had the broken part of the head. And so this is the idol piece returning. Yes. Yeah. The idol piece falls down and magically makes it down to Ghidra's head before they fall. And <laughs> Ghidra burps into the water. <laughs> Creating all the air bubbles that I guess save them from falling to their deaths. It makes a little cushion, I guess, right? Hey, science guy, is that was is that a bubbly cushion? Is that I, real? I, even though they didn't show it from a perspective, I guess I was trying to imagine that he actually pushed like a column of water up. Oh, okay, gotcha. So they didn't fall as far. And I do really like how Ghidra grabs Godzilla by the tail and prevents yeah. him from swimming away with the Satsuma sub in, in his hand. And I got to tell you, it's, it's kind of, as much as I love to talk and hear the sound of my own voice, it's going to be a little hard for me to not sit here and watch the rest of the movie because clearly we're, we're wrapping up the end of the film here. And, uh, I think just about everything else in this film is, um, is, uh, well, as soon as Ghidra stops flying, uh, everything is amazing. <laughs> but that, you know, it, this is, yeah, that might not be the best, but that is a really neat shot there. Those guys are in the water. Yep. Godzilla's back there and surfaces. Absolutely. Well done with the CGI. Yeah. Oh, Godzilla's face is amazing in this film. Uh, and this is where Ghidra has, you know, fully sort of come to its potential as as a Yamato guardian, and he's firing off all these bolts at Godzilla flying over and 
you know, I think the first time I saw this, I thought, oh, this is where Ghidra's going to start really kicking some butt, you know? Yeah. And um, <laughs> the fact that that pretty much he, all this, uh, all this, you know, these explosions and smoke and lightning crackling all around him, and Godzilla is essentially as- absorbing all that energy, and then he turns around and blasts King Ghidra into bits. Uh, it's pretty was pretty shocking to me in the movie. Definitely looks cool. I think I think did they change the face for the adult version of Ghidra or the older version of Ghidra? It looks a little I mean it, it does look different. Yeah. All right, so I was interviewing Norman England. You might hear this uh later on and if you listen to the episode where I finally put that that interview up, but when Godzilla blasts King Ghidra here, and Godzilla and Ghidra explodes, look at the size of that explosion right there. That's a dude in a suit in the water. <laughs> so wow. that explosion really happened on set. Did it really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they said that when they blew up the suit, the the Ghidra suit, they were uh, they were fishing out pieces of Ghidra's scales for months after the after the suit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, after this, after the closing of the set. Oh, these poor guys. <laughs> well, G- nobody was really in the Ghidra suit. <laughs> no, and I understand yeah, that, yeah. but. And now here we go into the the spirits of the uh, monsters. Now, if you were in Japan at the time and you went to the theater or a theater that had a souvenir booth, you could get the theater exclusive. Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidra, and Baragon figures. I only have the Godzilla one. And those uh, are quite pricey now. Of course they are, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Godzilla is smoky gray, which I love. The Ghidra is uh, clear gold. The Mothra, I believe, is clear purple. Mm-hmm. And the Baragon is clear red. And uh, they're supposed to be representing that shot right there of all the of all the spirit versions of those monsters that drag Godzilla down into the depths of the bay, (laughs) I think. (laughs) They just give him a lot of extra weight. Now, this is is awesome, too. Clearly, we've seen the wound on Godzilla, which is new. Not completely new, but uh, everyone starts to realize exactly what's happening and what uh, Commander Tachibana is going to do. Well, and... This, many people don't know, this is actually an homage right here to Inner Space, as the director is a big fan of Dennis Quaid, and they... I thought it was a, a direct homage to Jonah and the Whale, because he's a huge fan of the Bible. Something like that, yeah. I love the Godzilla burps. I know it's kind of stupid. Godzilla goes, and all the bubbles come out of his, of his mouth. I just, I think it's funny. It's like, clearly, he's actually swallowed the sub. And everyone's devastated. I mean, more of that sort of like, you know, great direction from Kaneko of his actors. I tell you what, to be perfectly honest, if if someone were to uh, contact me and say I don't I don't agree with you, and I I find the acting in Kaneko's films unbelievable, that person would lose credibility in my <laughs> eyes. <laughs> so be warned. Yeah, where's my Facebook page? <laughs> that's I am, it right now. You are unliking this now. <laughs> <laughs> Banned from the KaijuCast Facebook page. Just kidding, everybody. Oh, now here we go. I love there how are that, a few yeah. absolute truths that you just <laughs> yeah, you got to just throw it out there. Yeah. 
So there was that whole scene just there where who was talking to who? Was Yuri talking to her father? Was her father talking to her? Were they sharing a mental moment? A connection. Some sort of fantastic That's thing. different than my film. There's a there's a piece missing from that. Really? Yep. Absolutely. Interesting. There is, because she appears in the pod. No, no, that wakes. just happened. We were talking during it. Did it? Was I looking yeah, yeah. away? Yeah, we were, oh, we were did, Yeah, I didn't see it. Because, uh, yeah, I was going to say, she appears in the pod with him. Okay, so this scene here, where Godzilla comes up out of the water, and like he like kind of looks down on them, and you hear... Oh, you that hear the awesome. drill coming yeah, through? Brittle. When I was watching this the other day with, uh, <laughs> with Tiger and the girlfriend... I was just basically like, I, I think I was holding her hand and I was like squeezing it because I love this scene so much. And like Godzilla gets so angry and he looks down and he sees these two puny humans sitting there and he's just like, he's full of rage. I think that's what I like about this Godzilla is he, he just emotes rage so much and then pop. And that's what I love. I thought that was really cool. No, I mean, I love this whole... Yeah. Seriously, like I was saying, like, yep. when Ghidra attacks Godzilla, the very last attack, and, like, everything from the explosion on, everything in this film is gold from that point on. Like, perfect. That's perfect. Everything yep. is perfect. And the fact that he, like, screams and falls back into the water here, mm-hmm. you know, and his his nuclear energy is, like, just erupting apart, yeah. out, of, out of this... Well, it's not tearing him apart yet. You thought he was pissed when he saw the two humans down on the floor. <laughs> when Tachibana escapes out of the hole in Godzilla's neck, and Godzilla sort of like comes to and sees that the sub that he swallowed is trying to escape. Like, and I love how the sub is shaking and he's like clearly damaged and he's trying to get away. And you see Godzilla turn around. Now that is some rage. Yeah, seriously. I think I was just like gripping her hand. Just like, I love this so much. I love this so much. (laughs) And there you go. He's mostly dead. Vaporized. Yeah, there's not really much to say about this stuff. I mean, you're pretty much looking at the the end of the film, and you know, you get some you get some great action, not action. You get some great acting from uh, the the characters as as this film sort of wraps everything up, and uh, some swelling music. But until until you get that last parting shot, you know what I'm talking about, going down into the water. Yeah, this film, I think, just delivers such such a great end result that it it sets it that was we were talking about before it sets it apart from other godzilla films it's it's very satisfying i think in my opinion it's just very satisfying experience yeah yeah and and this is uh maybe worth it worth noting like a lot of times when a godzilla movie ends and you think um in the several godzilla movies that have ended where they think they've defeated godzilla people are like cheering wildly in the control room and these these people are just like you can just tell they're they're beaming they're happy but they're they're still composed yeah you know they're more relieved they're like 
Shaking hands, job well done. No high fives. <laughs> no ridiculous reactions. Just a breath of relief. Well, just with the exception of the newsroom, everybody's reactions are just, they're very real- realistic. Yeah, yeah. Nothing's like over the top. The newsroom is a little yeah. over the top. You're right about that. Yeah, the, yeah. the newsroom, but everybody She's else She's crying, just... though. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> And so here's we're back in the newsroom now, the BS Digital Q newsroom, and the boss guy here, he's all excited and he's telling everybody we're gonna run the story and make a big you know special about this whole Godzilla thing, and uh, and so this whole time in the film where he's been like trying to quit smoking and he's chewing on the squid tentacles <laughs> or whatever it is, the shredded squid, he's chewing on it right now, and then the guy's like, hmm, Professor Isayama, he's died a long time ago and what we were seeing on camera is a ghost and now when i look back at the footage it's gone actually i kind of think this is kind of dorky but uh (laughs) it's like when i look back at the footage and it's gone i do love this where he's like you're joking and he pins up putting a cigarette back out again (laughs) it's like tiny little bit part he still gets character development i love it i love it i never would have guessed those were squid legs yeah i didn't know that did i say legs Tentacles. Squid tentacles. I think it's. I think it's tentacles. It's what? They don't have shredded. legs. <laughs> you learn something new every day. Squid feet. I think a lot of people did like this. How they're like they finally somebody finally acknowledged radiation levels. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, they actually did that in Mega Gears too. You've seen that, right, Jeff? Oh yeah. We all got to move to America. Yeah. Radiation <laughs> levels are off the chart here in Japan. <laughs> American radiation levels are so much more pleasant. (laughs) Anyway, here you get your your final parting shot of the film with the with the swelling music that I I really like. Giving the salute. You know, when I watched this the first time I saw this film, I was just like, ah so good. So good. And I totally thought it was over. Like I thought zooming in here, credits were gonna start rolling. But no. Oh no. Oh no. I was wrong. Hanging. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! I don't know why we keep doing that, but we're clearly killing time. I've run out of things to talk about. Um, this, uh, this, I guess they actually made a physical version of the heart here. Hmm. Yeah. And now these are all CGI fish and stuff, but uh, I love how there's a car down there. Yeah. Brought to you by Honda. <laughs> and this is the first time you hear. Akira Fukube's score ever. Yeah. The entire thing has always has in this film has been Kotani's score, and uh, finally there's one last homage, and there you go. It's a it's a, it's a nice ending. I it's a I love ending. the film. I love the ending. I love so much about this movie. It's kind of silly. What <laughs> What do you think, Martin? Out of all the Godzilla films that you've seen, where does this can you rank this one? Like, is this one of your favorites? Oh, this is or? definitely one of the one of the best ones I've seen so far. Oh, and that's right. You hadn't actually seen this until until we this started. Commentary line. Yeah, until yep. we started doing this. Very Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. Nope. One of the best I've actually, and it 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 does rank up there with the cameras, which those three camera movies are some of my favorites, that, without a doubt. I mean, I I just love those things. Yeah. Yeah, we should totally slam three beers and and. Uh, Try and read all these names. 
especially the the really hard ones like that one there, Ryohei Kunieda. Yeah. Oh, my good friend Kenji Oda and uh, June Kimura. Anyway, <laughs> fun party games. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm I'm really glad you guys came out for this. This is um this is the f- and, and for those listening, this is the very first uh, kaiju commentary, kaiju cast commentary. Uh, and I had a blast doing it. Yeah, I mean, I adore this film. And this was yeah. just a, a complete pleasure to watch this again. Absolutely. I, I do have questions. Yeah, go for it, man. This, um, this is perfect time to credit. Ultraman. A lot of people that were involved with this are involved with Ultraman. Really? Absolutely. Well, according to IMDb. Okay. <laughs> uh, there, were, there are a lot of people that have had associations with Ultraman as far as some have been characters. Some have been uh, art directors and a variety of things. Who does, is Toho, uh, do they do Ultraman? No, Subaraya. Subaraya does. Subaraya does. Okay. Now, are, do you, have you looked at the dates on that? Are those uh, movies and, and TV Actually, shows one post, of, post this movie? No, one of them, there is an Ultraman that is dated 2012. That, that, uh, that was, some Martin, was in there. that would be post this movie. Or, Yes, there are stuff post this movie. I, for some reason, I took that as before this movie. Oh no, no, uh, yeah, and I, I think. Uh, well, I think it makes sense um, that they continue to make Ultraman movies and Ultraman TV shows. Mm-hmm. Ultraman, in my opinion, is the second longest science fiction program running in the world, after Doctor Who. Who? Doctor <laughs> Who. You know Doctor Who from uh, King Kong Escapes. Yes. Um, we should also mention too that the poster for this film. GMK, I think, is fantastic. Oh, the, uh, yeah. Actually, you know what? To be perfectly honest, both posters for this film are f- fantastic. I am usually only a fan of the f- uh, of the painted version, which is called the Advance, the mm-hmm. Advance poster. Uh, the The photo poster, though, when, when that was first released, this is the first time I ever looked at a photo poster and was like, I must own that, and so I do. <laughs> This uh, yeah, that's the only movie in this uh in this room here that's represented twice via posters in the KaijuCast headquarters. The KaijuCast HQ. So that one over there, Martin, is the advance, the painted one. Mm-hmm. And then over here, the first poster on this wall. Yep, see it. Yeah, gorgeous stuff. Yeah, I love the advance for GMK. So uh, I guess uh, the credits here are wrapping up. So I think I'm going to wrap this whole thing up with uh, not only saying thanks to Martin and Jeff for joining and thanks to uh, everybody for listening, but a a majority of my information for this film came from Japanese Giants uh, magazine, issue nine specifically. This is Ed Gajasuski's magazine. And if you want to read about it, I mean, this literally has like a 40 page article about Godzilla Mothra King Ghidorah. And also a whole bunch of other stuff in there, too. Uh, if you like stats about the monsters, it's got that stuff in there. If you like uh, behind-the-scenes information, it's got that stuff in there. It's got interviews with Kaneko, uh, talks about the different people who worked on the film. It's extremely thorough. Thorough. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so check that out. Uh, yeah. And um, this is the first of, um, I'm not going to say first of many. But the first of a of several <laughs> commentaries. <laughs> first of a handful. <laughs> We're gonna go for uh, every other month, and I'll I'll probably have some some of these guys back here as well. But uh, we're gonna try and mix it up a little bit. I don't know what the next one is, but I will announce it on the KaijuCast. And if you're not listening to the KaijuCast, you should go to KaijuCast.com and check it out there. 
Uh, am I forgetting anything? No, I, <laughs> right. I had a great time. This, thank you very much. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. It was a blast. Thanks for spending the evening with me, you guys. <laughs> it was worth it. Here in the KaijuCast HQ. And you guys at home. And thanks for the free beer. Yeah. You're welcome. Free loaders. Oh, no, actually, Martin's drinking his own beer. Okay. <laughs> Perfect place to end this. Sayonara. <laughs>